This is the Stand Strong Podcast with Carrie Stoker, episode number 18, Limhai and the Effectual Struggle. Welcome to the Stand Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Stoker, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. Family life has many challenges, especially when a child suffers from mental illness. I understand these challenges, and I can teach you through stories and the Word of God how to navigate this challenging road. Hi, folks. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Before I start talking about Limhi, I want to share with you what's coming up this fall. If you have heard of Leading Saints, the podcast, and then the organization Leading Saints, you are going to be delighted to hear about what I'm going to tell you about. So Leading Saints is going to put on a women's retreat, and I am planning that retreat. I am the host of that retreat. And I'm so excited about that. I'm working very closely with Kurt Frankham, who is the founder of Leading Saints, and then Dan Duckworth, who is the president of the board of Leading Saints. I'm working really closely with them on planning this retreat, and it's going to be amazing. So I will tell you more about it next week. Um, There will be some podcasts about it that come out next week that Leading Saints will produce, and you'll just hear more about it from me, I am sure, as the months go on. But it's September 15th through the 18th. It's going to be in Bear Lake, Utah. So actually, Garden City, Utah, really close to Bear Lake. All right. So with that, let's talk about Limhi. I want to give you a little bit of background of where this story comes in about the effectual struggle. So King Limhi, he was raised by a very wicked father. His father was King Noah. And King Noah just led his people into so much wickedness. And it left them very unprotected from their enemies. The Lord wouldn't help them. I mean, he couldn't bless them and help them because of their wickedness. And they didn't really turn to him until they had been through enough war and enough challenge that they felt like they had nothing else that they could do to help themselves. They had had a few battles to try to fight off the oppressing rule of the Lamanites, and many men had died in these battles. And so it left them with a lot of widows and children to care for that the rest of the community, you know, had to pitch in and and, um, care for these widows and children. The these Nephites, the Limhi and his people, they were being taxed at fifty percent of everything, all their crops, all of their animal herds, all of their possessions. They had to give fifty percent of it to the Lamanites, or they would be killed. And so they just couldn't win in the situation, as they finally just decided to stop trying to wage war to gain their freedom, and they were just going to submit to this kind of oppression and bondage. But at this point, they started praying more earnestly and sincerely and being humbled and asking God for help. And so during this time, when they had just decided to be submissive and to um, wait on the Lord, King Limhi was 
outside of the city walls when he encountered four Nephites. So one of them was named Ammon, not the same Ammon that cut off the arms and hands, which we are all so familiar with, but a different Ammon. So one of them was named Ammon, and there were also three men with him. Well, he had them all bound and put in prison. I don't think he was really trusting of people at this point. Like it was probably all that they could do was just to preserve their community, their city. And so Ammon, um, so Ammon and his men were bound, put into prison, and they were there for a couple of days when finally King Limhi had them taken out and brought before him. And he commanded them to answer his questions about who they are, what they were doing there. Well, I love this part about the story because Ammon is so pleased to tell him who he is. <laughs> he's so um, he's so excited about this part because he says, "I, you know, you're going to be so glad that you did not kill me. <laughs> you're going to be so glad that that um, I am here before you." So Ammon tells him that he is from the land of, or he's from Zarahemla, and he was sent to find Limhi. Because they had been, they, Limhi had left, Limhi's ancestors comes from Zarahemla, and they went to settle this land. And so now Limhi's excited. He gathers his people at the temple to tell them about this deliverance that is at their door. Now, I want to read from the Book of Mormon in Mosiah chapter 7 about their experience now. When he calls them to the temple and they all gather, this is what he tells them. Now, this is in Mosiah 7, verse 18. And it came to pass that when they had gathered themselves together, that he, Mosiah, spake unto them in this wise, saying, O ye, my people, lift up your heads and be comforted. For behold, the time is at hand, or is not far distant, when we shall no longer be in subjection to our enemies, notwithstanding our many strugglings which have been in vain. Yet I trust there remaineth an effectual struggle to be made. This caught my attention when I was reading this yesterday. This effectual struggle. They have this hope of deliverance. Right? Ammon and these men have come to find them. And so they have been praying and, and uh, waiting on the Lord at this point and humbled. And so they see in Ammon and these men a hope for deliverance. But what King Limhi is saying is even with deliverance at their door or soon to be here, that this is not just going to be handed to them. They're just not going to walk away from the oppression and subjection of the Lamanite king. There is still going to have to be an effort that is made. Have you had this experience too? I know I've had it in several ways. And I keep thinking of, oh yeah, <laughs> those ways that I've had this where you can see like, oh, um, I'm a, I have the, I have the deliverance at my door. Like I can see the hope, 
because I'm in, you know, you're in some kind of bondage or the situation you're in is overwhelming, but God has presented to you some helpers, some angel helpers. Maybe it's in the form of you have found the right protocol for losing weight. Maybe it is you have found the right doctor for your child. Maybe it's you finally discovered that there's the right diagnosis or the right medication. Or it's that, oh, I can see where what I'm really supposed to be doing is homeschooling my children. Like, right? So you can see that there's some deliverance to this overwhelming struggle that has been going on that so far you haven't found the right answers to. But this is not going to be handed to you in just like, oh, the problem's just going to go away. No, there is an effectual struggle that's yet going to be made. I want to bring in here this beautiful talk by Elder Neil A. Anderson from April's General Conference of this year, 2022. The name of the talk is Following Jesus, Being a Peacemaker. So Elder Anderson talks about how in our um, struggles and in our challenges, it does not include or, or should not include anger or malice. There's no war involved. As in the case with Limhi and his people, they had tried that. They had tried war. Um, so it's so war is not involved. There's not anger or malice, but it also does not include just being passive. And I think that this is the point that I was trying to express a bit ago: is that this is not like it's just going to come to you, right? There is there is work to be done. There is effort that's going to have to be. Um, that's going to have to happen. So I have coached a few times on setting boundaries. And one particular one, which has come up several times, is that women want coached on setting boundaries around their husband swearing. So this doesn't have to be a husband. This could be you know, anyone around you, a child or whatever. But it just so happened that I have had a few coaching calls about setting boundaries on this particular subject on swearing. And and I want to apply it here because it feels like yes now setting a boundary is going to be the perfect thing. That's that's what we need. We need to set a boundary about swearing swearing around you and what that boundary might be and how how placing a boundary is is an important part of um, keeping a beautiful relationship. And you know what? I'm going to go well into boundaries next week. That's going to be my next podcast. So look forward to next week's because you're going to want to hear all about setting boundaries, how to do it, and um, how appropriately to um, enforce those boundaries. So anyway, talking about swearing by husbands and and setting that boundary, this must be done in a place of love, like no war. And if you find that there is this anger or malice in regards to the boundary or, or in your desires and your interactions between you and the husband, then this is a problem. 
this needs to be looked at more closely because as Elder Neil A. Manderson points out, this needs to not include anger or malice. We need to follow Christ in this way. Following Jesus, he has several examples of the different ways Jesus handles conflict. And as a peacemaker, Jesus did this in uh, times he walked away, which actually that is not being passive. And I love how this is pointed out. Peacemakers are not passive, he says. And so sometimes Jesus walked away. Sometimes he stood there and was silent. And I want to again point out this is not being passive, but it is the it is it was the appropriate response to the situation. And then sometimes Jesus actually, as a peacemaker, did teach more. Um, he did he did contribute. He had something to say. And he stuck by, obviously, his gospel and the principles of the gospel and explained those and taught those as a way of handling the struggle. So I want to talk a little bit more about this effectual struggle. So effectual means that the struggle or the effort will give you the desired outcome. That that means it's effectual, right? So it has the effect you want. And so, so far, Limhi's struggles up to this point were not effectual. He was trying to create freedom through war. Um, but it wasn't effectual yet. But he knew that, uh, the, the, that a way that this was going to work was coming. He could see that the deliverance was coming. And so what approach did he take to secure this deliverance? If it wasn't going to be war, what was it going to be? And so I want to go to the end of chapter 7 in Mosiah. And this is verse, I want to start in verse 29. And King Limhi is speaking here. And he says, For behold, the Lord hath said, I will not succor my people in the day of their transgression. Okay, so pointing out that his people has been have been in that transgression stage or in wickedness for a long time. So, so going on there, Limhi says, but and quoting the Lord, but I will hedge up their ways that they prosper not, and their doings shall be as a stumbling block before them. And again, he saith, if my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the chaff thereof in the whirlwind, and the effect thereof is poison. And again, he saith, if my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the east wind, which bringeth immediate destruction. And now behold, the promise of the Lord is fulfilled, and ye are smitten and afflicted. Limhi is explaining that their past has resulted in affliction and bondage and that that's where they have come from. But now I love that he is telling them that the past does not have to define their future. And he teaches them what it's going to take to be delivered. This is in, now just going on in, in verse 33, he says, but if ye will turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart and put your trust in him 
and serve him with all diligence of mind. If ye do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you out of bondage. Okay, I want to look at that verse more closely. There's some, I want to, you know, take some parts of it and dive into it just a little bit more. When he talks about this full purpose of a heart, I hear that phrase often in the scriptures. <laughs> well, I read it often in the scriptures. And I just kind of wondered what it meant this time. You know, what what is full purpose of heart? And I did a little bit of oh, searching around on Google and, and um, how that is explained by other um, people, how, you know, scholars or just others that have looked into it and, and what this now, now means to me, like a fuller understanding of it, is that this is not just, you know, a request of God or a prayer that uh, to have a full purpose of heart is like, I, I hope this happens. Or, Heavenly Father, can you please bless us with this? But to do something with full purpose of heart, as President Hunter explains, is that this is genuine, wholehearted effort. That's what it is. It's genuine, wholehearted effort. The full purpose of heart. Like you have every intent to make this happen. You have you have every intent to um, look to the Lord and to, with this full purpose of heart that he will be your guide. So with that, then the next thing that Limhi talks about is trust trusting in the Lord. So you look to the Lord with his full purpose of heart, and then you trust that he is your deliverer and that he is the one that will guide you to deliverance. Through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we can trust that God will be our deliverer. Okay, so trusting God. And then the next thing that Limhi talks about is serving him with diligence of mind. Interesting, because I was I was really um, poking into this scripture with more detail because I was so fascinated by this process and looking into what an effectual struggle is, is that this phrase with diligence of mind catches my attention because of course uh, I, I talk a lot about thoughts <laughs> and the mind and where the mind is and the health of the mind. And so to me, this means keeping our thoughts focused on Christ. A diligent mind is keeping thoughts focused on Christ and not on ego or your image or what others might think or say <laughs> about me is that my thoughts are focused on Christ. So serving him that way, my actions in serving him are focused on Christ and to keep him there. See, this is the thing is I easily get distracted and now my thoughts are focused more on something else. And maybe it's a list, just other things that are distracting. So then King Limhi talks about this, about about God and his will and pleasure. I read this a different way this time. And I believe that however you read this, and this comes to you, is, you know, the thoughts that come to you about it, interpretation of it, are good and valid. And I have always thought of this as 
if it's God's will, this will happen. Or if this pleases God, or if it's, if it's like the right path for me, and that gives him pleasure, then he, he will make that happen. It's going to happen. But this time when I read it, I, it just felt like it was a little different twist on it. And it felt more like he was saying that it is God's will and pleasure to grant this kind of deliverance. It is according to his will and pleasure. Like he is the kind of God that delights in granting us those things that will bring us joy and peace and deliverance. That is what he wants to do. So I read it that way. It, it can still be interpreted the other way. I just want to emphasize that. But for sure that this time, this feeling of like, wait, that is his will and pleasure. We're humble. We come to him with a full purpose of heart. We're trusting in him. We're serving him with our thoughts focused on Christ. It is his will and pleasure to deliver us. And it will be in his time frame. And it's going to be perfect for us, but that is his will and pleasure. So our struggle or our effort, when it is effectual, that is when we know we have followed this pattern that Limhi teaches about having a full purpose of heart, trusting in God, serving him with diligence of mind, and it will be according to God's will and pleasure. This is when it becomes effectual. This is when our effort now leads to the deliverance. And it's the glorious day when that deliverance comes sooner than later. But it does come, as Elder Holland says. All right, so glad to have you join me today. And, and I am looking forward to next week and speaking again some more on boundaries. It's going to be a great podcast. So now, between now and then, have an amazing week. If you like the Stand Strong podcast, please like and subscribe 